1: well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: All right, and Rays are back. Our Twitter question today, sponsored by Mark Schuler's. Mark Schuler's. If you finish your holiday shopping, then great. But if you haven't. Go to Mark's Jewelers, gifts to fit every budget this holiday season. You can shop online, mark-jewelers.com. When Nick Sirianni joins us, his press conference is sponsored by Turn Seven, the massive Turn Seven holiday gift liquidation, Turn Seven liquidations. The coach's press conference is sponsored by Turn Seven, I guess I should say. We've, uh, we've been through some really only two coaches here, right, Ike? On the, Mar- the Marks and Reece show? Yeah. Doug, Doug, yeah,
3: Doug was the coach when, when you came on with me, yeah.
2: And then we've had Sirianni. I missed Chip. I wasn't on WIP with the Chip <laughs> Kelly press conferences, which weren't fun because he gave you nothing.
0: Yes, yeah, and they were they were quick, though. They were quick. Well, he talked quick. <laughs> yeah, he, he said a lot a of words very quick, like but his he, offense.
2: He gave the template of not answering injury questions, which was, I don't talk to the doctor until after this. Yeah. <laughs> but what about, no, I don't know. I didn't talk to the doctor, which now
0: Sirianni uses. Well, Sirianni <laughs> uses the competitive advantage. Yes. That's his go to. It's like I mean, he said after the, the loss in Seattle the reason part of the reason at least he didn't want to say the patrician news was for competitive advantage. Right. And that's I mean, that's his right. Like it's it's annoying to the fans that, you know, this major change was made and they don't find out, but he truly believes I don't think he's just saying it, like he truly believes there's a competitive advantage in holding information so the other team doesn't. Well, know it. but but even if the advantage is
2: even just like a a, a little shred, it's still more than if they didn't say anything. I don't, like, honestly, I didn't care how they handled that last week.
0: I didn't care. Well, the the only counter I would say, because I mostly agree with you in the way that, look, like, it's their decision. If they think it's a competitive advantage, they should stick with it. It's their job to win games. But the downside of this is, as a result of it coming out the way it did, it creates a perception that maybe it wasn't his decision or that, you know, this was a decision made quickly. Like I think this morning, Kelsey was asked about, you know, how do you feel about the coordinator being changed on Saturday? Well, the coordinator wasn't changed on Saturday. The coordinator was changed probably One, almost Tuesday as soon as they landed from Dallas, right? right? So I think that if they feel it's a competitive advantage, it's worth it for them because if they think it's going to help them win games, then then that's what they should do. But the downside of this is it does create perceptions that would not be there otherwise. Um, And that perception is? Well, I think the perception that Howie and, and Jeffrey are involved in this. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, I'm sure Howie is involved in this. He's and the, he should he's the, be. He should be. And Jeffrey should be involved. I think we've gotten past the point of questioning how involved they should be. Like, we've done that before. That, that's, that's an old, yeah, that's yeah. like a 2019. We've seen that Jeffrey and Howie know what they're doing. They're not going to make every decision correctly. They certainly are not above criticism. But the idea that they're too involved, like, they've shown they can win. I was going to say, yeah, they're involved. Yeah, they're has, involved, all That's right. been a positive. It's, it's led it's to yeah, a lot of led wins. It's to
2: a lot of
3: positivity. Yeah,
2: yeah I'm in. Yeah, they're, like Elliot said, they know what they're doing. Did they check in yet, Jack? They did. All right, so Siri coming up in a second. Um, I mean, how, how did how do how does he handle this press conference today? As far as like, is this a short and sweet?
0: We have to do better and like. Yeah, I'll what, be curious to see what type of Nick we get. Yeah, if, if it's let's put on a positive face. You know, Nick's a very emotional kind of energetic guy. Are we going to get that Nick? Are we going to get? defiant nick like he's being questioned a lot right now a lot of people are wondering I mean I know one person that wonder if he's coaching for his job right so are we gonna get defiant nick do you think he is do I think he's coaching for his job yes no I I think that's more of a complicated answer in the 30 seconds before we cut but (laughs) (laughs) it's not that complicated so if if the offense is bad the rest of the year and and Lurie wants a new coordinator I just wonder how Sirianni will feel about running an offense that isn't his. That's the only world where I see this this splitting. Well, the one that's got the team averaging about eighteen points a game. <laughs> that offense. I, look, I'm not. I'm saying from Nick's perspective, if he's told this is a coordinator we want to bring in, and yeah. you're not calling plays, well, yeah. I, but how do you think Nick will feel about that?
3: That there's thirty-two of these jobs. All right, here's Nick Sirianni. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Hey, um, Rob. Hey, I wanted to ask you about Quez Watkins. You know, the, the last, I don't know, five or so times that you've you've gone deep to him, he had the, uh, the two balls in Dallas that were intercepted, the fumble against Washington, the drop in the Super Bowl, and then the play uh, the other night. What gives you the confidence to keep dialing him up in in high-leverage situations?
4: Well, sometimes, understand this with Quez, his speed changes uh, the game, and not just because it's going to him. It's going to open up the rest of the field. And you can't always predict where the ball is going to go. Some the defense obviously t- there's things that happen where the defense dictate where where's the ball going to go. Um, you know, so in that particular case, that was one of them. Quez was uh, on a clear out route. The defense did something uh, a little different than what we anticipated, and the ball got shot and went to him. And I still still have confidence in Quez, but you know, sometimes he's in there also. Um, to clear the field and and to to show his speed because his speed is legit legit and so um, but again you can't you can't say again I, I'm confident still in Quez I still have confidence in him um, and and just and but that's the way the game goes sometimes Rube with the with where the ball's going um, because he is he has to be accounted for you know on each play because of his speed and and it opens guys up underneath uh, because of his speed.
3: So if I could just follow up real quick, you're you're not
4: planning to change his playing time or a snap count or anything like that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, we're he's he's do, again we're confident in him as a as a player as a as a teammate. Um, you know, Julio's done a good job. OZ's done a good job. You know, we have three three guys that rotate in between uh, being the number three receiver. So you know, we'll see where the the reps continue to go. Each game plan's a little bit different of what you're asking the players to do and the roles. And so we'll see. Go ahead, Brooks, and then Chris. Hey, Nick, uh, you mentioned uh, about Sean Desai's role now with the defense. Uh, Why is it that he has retained his title as defensive coordinator? And is there a pathway back this season or the next where he goes back to calling defensive plays? And how would you describe that? Yeah, uh, you know what? Again, like they said, they they've uh, switched responsibilities, um, and um, you know he did a really Sean did a really good job helping out in the game on on uh, Monday, both in the locker room at halftime and on the headsets. And I know Matt valued his his opinion and, and his opinions and, and his uh, vision, and um, was really I really admire how Sean went about his business last week. I think. Any of us that have been in a situation where, you know, things didn't go the way we wanted it to go, you can go two ways with that. You you know, and and I really believe Sean took the, it really speaks volumes of the person and the coach that Sean is and the character that Sean has is uh, that he did everything he can do to help the football team. That's why Sean is here, and we know he can help us continuing moving forward and really excited to have him uh, continuing to be, uh, have a role on this team and on this staff. Was there something you communicated to him that he can show behind the scenes in this new role that can. Yeah, I'll keep all our conversations private. Okay. Go ahead, Chris and then Jeff.
3: Afternoon, Nick. Uh, You mentioned accountability is one of your main tenets that you have with your core philosophies there. How how are you keeping the players accountable during this losing streak? Do you think that they're responding to that accountability? And what are some of the methods that you do to, to hold them accountable?
4: Same methods I use when when uh, when we're winning is exact same. Um, when you change who you are or you change your uh, core values based off of wins and losses, you're gonna. Lo- that's when you're gonna lose the team, and and so it's the exact same accountability regardless of the outcome. Right? That's the only way you are going to end up getting better. We're in a little bit of a skid right now, um, that I'm very confident that we'll get. We'll be able to get out of um, because of the people that we have in this building and the accountability that. Not only that I hold the standard to for the team and myself, but also what they hold the standard to. Um, And so that that hasn't changed. That hasn't changed in the slightest because that when your core values are deep within you and and deep within the roots of this football team, um, because we live them and preach them and and, uh, every single day when we're in this building. And so, um, you know, it goes back to you continue to double down on the things you know to be true. You continue to grow under the surface, even though when you're not growing, um, out in, in public and, and, you know, you, you hold the guys accountable and they hold themselves accountable the exact same way, because this is the, this is your habits, your daily habits, and that's your core values. Go ahead, Jeff. And then Dave, uh, Nick, how do you feel John Hurts has played the last three games? You know, obviously offensively, I'd say offensively, we haven't played or coached up to our standard the the last three games. Um overall, as you look at our offense overall, I think there's a lot of similarities with our offense last year's statistically and the way we played, um, and this year, except for two major categories. And and that's our been our our been our, our explosive plays and our our turnover differential. But if you look at all our other statistical categories I think you'd see that um it was very similar it is very similar but this these last three games um have not been up to our standard and that's and Jalen and myself and Brian are always going to be looked at first we know that we accept that based off of our position um and you know if if we're not playing good enough offense it's probably because all three of us aren't are doing our best job and so but Jalen has had uh it, you know I thought against uh you know, I thought he did a lot of good things in this game uh, last game. I thought he did a lot of good things in the game against Dallas. We're with, with, and then we had some unfortunate turnovers. Um, you know, my mind's a little bit off three weeks ago from San Francisco. Um, don't remember much about what happened there unless I watched the tape again. Um, so, but, but like any of us, Jalen's going to want some plays back. We're going to want some calls back. Everybody out there is going to want some, some plays back. We just got to get it back on track. Um, and, You know, I would say prior to, you know, like I know we're zeroing in on those uh, three games or to your question. But prior to that, Jalen Hurts is a MVP consideration, MVP top candidate. And so it's the body of work for the year. And we know and we're confident that we all can get back to that body of work that we put in prior uh, to this three game stretch. Has this three game stretch been our standard? No. And we're working like crazy and we're determined to to get back to where uh, we were prior to this. Nick, if I could just follow up real quick. Um, If, if, you know, and I understand that uh, you don't have to voice uh, all your criticisms of Jalen when he does something wrong, um, but uh, publicly, but is it being told to him in the meeting room that when he, I'm going to keep our conversations. Like I said to the other guy, I'm going to keep my conversations with the players uh, between me and the players accountability is our number three core value. And it's only number three because it came in that order. Can that compete, accountability. They're not in any order. So accountability, you could, again, when Chris asked me the question, accountability, I didn't say something to Chris that I'm not saying to you right now. Accountability is the, the main, main, one of the main core values we have and we live by those every single day. Go ahead, Dave, and then Tim.
2: Call from mom, answer it
1: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Hey, Nick, uh, I think you'd probably agree that the standard hasn't been met on either side.
4: Yeah, I just said that uh, two seconds ago. Sure, Uh,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm just prefacing the question. Um, I, I think you'd agree with that. So when, when you look at the differences uh, in the struggles offensively and defensively, um, what led you to, to make a, a coaching staff change on defense, but not offense?
4: Yeah. So like I said, offensively, the last three games have not been conti- uh, consistently up to our standard, but if you look at our offense throughout, right. If you look at our offense throughout it, it still is in the top ca- ten category in a lot of the statistical categories we look at, except for the turnovers and the explosive plays. And we got to do a better job uh, on both of those things. We got to put the players in more uh, positions to create explosive plays. But you know, make no mistake about it: like this offense is being run the exact same way the offense was run last last year and the year before that. This offense is in is my offense. Right. This is my offense. And so the criticism on the offense, like I think unfairly goes to Brian. Brian calls the place. Brian calls the place. It unfairly goes to Brian. The criticism on this offense should come at me. And and, uh, because this is this is my offense. So um, I was hired to do a job here um, and got hired because I was successful as an offensive coordinator. Um, with our with our schemes and, and the different things that we did to coach players and help players win. And so, and I'm committed to that. And and like I said, the criticism should come at me. And I think it unfairly goes at Brian a lot of the times because he's calling the plays. Um, but make no mistake about it. This offense has been consistently this similar throughout the three years. Yes, there's different things you do based off your personnel and different things you do uh, based off the the teams that you're playing and what's working for you. But again, it, it all starts there with me. And so I guess I would, uh, you know, I'm not thinking that that a change needs to be made there uh, for multiple reasons, and that's one big one.
2: Go ahead, Tim, and then Zach.
4: Hey, Nick, on that second interception, was A.J. the primary read, um, and why take a shot downfield in that situation where uh, a shorter completion could have gotten you into field goal range? Yeah, there's at times there, Tim, You you know, we've seen, um you know you can get a pass interference there um you get a and you know it, it was what that was on that particular play but you can if you get a pass interference call there and, and if a team's giving you a one-on-one shot uh for you know very similar to what happened on the other on the other side of the ball they ended up getting a one-on-one shot that um you know had had some different things there we've seen it we have one-on-one shot against the rams um and you can get a pass interference and now you're in position to to kick it so um we have we have some of the best receivers in the nfl outside and so there's times where you're going to be able to you're going to do that and we, we felt like in that situation we had an opportunity to uh hey it didn't work out that particular time um and but we've done it at other times in two minute drills and, and, it, and it's worked so but in that particular time it didn't work so we understand the criticism um but um not only could you get a pass interference, also AJ has a tremendous ability to come down with the football um, in one-on-one situations. And you know what? In this particular case, it didn't work out. Um, but you know, we're we're comfortable with 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 what was called and what we did in that scenario. And you know, we'll we'll be better next time because of it. Go ahead, Zach, and then John. Hey, good
2: afternoon, Nick. Uh, what's your uh, personal background? Uh, 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 in in, in uh, Matt Patricia's case, uh, with Matt Patricia and his defensive philosophy, his defensive scheme, how comparable is it to what you guys installed and have been running the first 13 weeks?
4: There's obviously differences, Zach. Uh, that's, I think that's a really good question, too, Zach. There's obviously differences. Why is Matt Patricia here in the first place is because I, you know, have had so much respect for him as a, as a coach in this league going against the defenses that he's had for, you know, for as long as I've been in the NFL. And so, um, and that's why he's here in the first place. No, he could help me in in situations as a, as a head coach and as you know, at, with, with the defense. And so um, as far as the schemes being similar, there's definitely differences and so, you know, you're not you're not necessarily going to see complete wholesale changes, you know, at this point of the year. Um, but you'll see some different things here and there. And the, the offenses will see some different things here and there. Obviously, for competitive advantages, I'm not going to get into to all the different things that that or any pretty much any of the different things that you're going to see. But there'll be differences. But then again, you're going to stick. We're going to stick with some of the core things that we've done and we've done well uh, through the per- first 14 weeks of the season. So. Um, you know, but, uh, like I said, it's a, it's a group effort by our, our defensive staff, uh, Matt's just the one that's uh, making the, the main decisions. Now, Sean still has, um, a, the vo- a voice in there, um, and our assistant coaches still have a voice in there. So we're just trying to refine what we do well, um, uh, and continue to do what we do well and, and eliminate some of the mistakes that we've made.
3: Go ahead, John. And then Martin.
1: Uh, Hi, Nick. Uh, You mentioned the explosive play aspect of it, and you want to get back on on the right side of that, the explosive plays and turnovers, but specifically with the X plays, how how difficult is it to, to keep that sort of tight rope when it seemed like they were playing a lot of too high? So when teams are trying to take that away, trying to take away the explosives, do you have to be maybe a little bit more disciplined, take what they're giving you?
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's ways, again, we have to do, I think, you know, starting with myself and, and we have to do a better job of, of trying to scheme some things open against some of that cover four, right. And so um, that doesn't mean you're always going to get it. And so it, there is an art to knowing when, you know, and then once we, we talk about it, once we go over it with the players, you know, Jalen's got to feel comfortable with it. And then there's an art to Jalen's case of, All right, here's when I'm they're giving it to me, and here's when they're not, right? And and take it when they give it to you and and check it down or go underneath when it's not. And that's the tough part about playing quarterback. Um, and so, but that is a good question because you know, some of those defenses are designed to to take away, you know, that. But in each and every coverage, there's opportunities, you know, in place to attack underneath. There's opportunities in place to attack on the outside, there's opportunities in place to attack inside the numbers and an intermediate level. And there's opportunities and plays to attack attack the ball deep as well. Some, some easier than others to get that going. I think I saw a stat that uh, one of our quality controls did for us the other day is that, you know, we're number one in explosive plays against cover four, uh, which, you know, is ironic because we're not as high in explosive plays. But we are. And this was a couple of weeks ago. Y'all would have to check me on this. But we are number one in explosive plays against cover four. Um, and so. Um, there, there is an art to it. And that's why, you know, Jalen has the hardest job in all of sports playing quarterback of knowing when it's time to, you know, based off the play that we're running to throw it deep and when to, to check it down. And, uh, you know, and so I, I, but I have a lot of confidence of the, with with Jalen and the and the guys on this team um, that we can get this thing turned around. And, you know, uh, you know, all it takes is one, the, the next game. All we're thinking about is how we turn it around going into this next game. And we'll take it one day and one game at a time. Go ahead Martin and then e j hi Nick um obviously hey, this is the uh,
1: first time you guys have gone through a three game losing streak since you know early in your first year here and I was kind of wondering are there things you can draw from um as far as being able to get the guys out out of this that you were able to do um two years ago
4: yeah it's it's definitely there's differences uh Martin um there's definitely differences you know just based off of your standard continues to grow as you as you continue to be around each other so there are standards even higher now so does it, does it does it hurt a little bit more now yeah uh it does not to say it didn't hurt any less so there there are differences there but there definitely are similarities of when you're going through rough times and i think that's what's great about football is that you can compare things that you've went through in your life the tough times you've went through in your life and how you've how you've overcame i think that's been a a consistent message is this game, you have to be able to overcome um, not only in a in a three game losing streak, but also if if a if a couple quarters aren't going your way. Well, also things that uh, every one of those guys in the in our room have overcame different things to be sitting in the seats that they're sitting in, myself included. And so, you know, in those times, you, you think back about the hard times in your life that you've overcome to to get to the spot you're at. To you know. Comfort you in these times of these areas and say you know you got the mental toughness to get through this and get better because of it. I know that 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 every guy you know that I've talked to on our team, um, you know, because that's something I've talked to a lot of our guys on our team. You know, what's a hardship you've been through? What's something you've overcome? Not and that's something you talk to guys about during the draft process to figure a little bit about their mental toughness and about who they are as a person, but that's also something you do in forms of connecting. And so, uh, you know, I know a lot of our guys have been through a lot of crap and, and been through some some tough times. Um, that's what life is, and, and and those moments are in life. And and so um, you draw back on those moments and know that you've overcome and you're better off because of it. And, and that's been a consistent message uh, there through some of this, uh, some of these, these difficult times um, that we're going through right now. The other thing that's really important when you're going through times is that you're connected because, you know, and that goes back to your core values of, of being connected, because in times of uh, trial, you, you know, you're we're going to want everyone to stay together when there's a lot of people that are going to want to tear us apart. And it's all that's important is what's in this building, sticking together, locking arms together, being together. Um, and that's where that connectivity really comes into play connectivity is great when you're going through good times you see us having fun on the sideline different things like that um but it's even more important in times like this and uh so i'm glad that our guys have worked their butts off to to be connected to each other to to lock arms and to say how are we going to figure this crap out together we have time for a few more so we'll get to ej bo and then bob Hey, Nick, uh, on the Monday night broadcast, there was a clip of Christian McCaffrey predicting a quarterback draw based off of Jack Stoll's alignment on that play. Uh, do you feel like defenses are starting to catch up to some of the tendencies of the offense or that things have become a little bit predictable? From from that one play, no. Um, you know, good eye. I obviously know about this because uh, Bob gets me ready for these questions, but good eye by Christian McCaffrey uh, to 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 see that, point that out. Uh, we have never run that play from that formation. So I think you're looking at a guy who's highly uh, let me let me say let me congr- let me say what I think of Christian McCaffrey, like he's he's got high football IQ. He's got very high football IQ to, to be able to see that. That doesn't mean that other guys on the defense don't because'm but you know that that play was designed to put us in either third and, or fourth and short or to get the first down. We accomplished a goal from that play, got ourselves in fourth and short and ended up getting a first down from that. I think the other thing, EJ, that good offenses have very similar to the 49ers. Is they have plays that they run as staples, um, you know, and, you know, it, it was. And, and so staples are a play that you have that that you you lean on every good football team. Every good offense I've ever been on has staples, including the two thousand twenty two philadelphia eagles the 2023 philadelphia eagles have staples um because you know again it's about um what you do well and and repeating and repeating those things and and giving it different looks uh, like i said that was the first time we have we run a similar play to what we ran in that game that uh christian pointed out yes out of that look no um and so uh but that's pretty common of of good offenses is that they're going to have staples that they lean on and you know when things maybe aren't going right, and they want to get out of a rut. Maybe when you know you're you're you got everything on the line. There, there's different times to use your staples. Um, and so um, I think that's a, a product of of offenses that you know have had some success. Go ahead, Bo.
2: Hey, Nick. Um, on on Matt Patricia, just from not having worked with him before in the building, what are some of the things that you know maybe we're not. E- as expected from, from your vantage point on him. And what were some of the things that he did over the past few months that impressed you to think this, this guy could run the off, run the defense.
4: Yeah. Um, so we did when we, when we went against the, the Patriots, uh, in practice, uh, myself and Kevin and, uh, coach Patricia did a lot, just communicating back and forth of getting things ready for practice, really Kevin and, and Matt did a lot of it. Uh, really at the end of the day, Kevin, Kevin is, uh, does an unbelievable job uh being the assistant head coach um him and Jamal and so um you know we got to know him a little bit through that process got to know him a little bit through just being in the profession with them and the respect they have for him so you know we knew it, we we knew him and we and we had a relation, prior relationship to that um but as far as you know even when we interviewed him or you know when we're in right now uh, the, his level of football IQ is, is off the charts um He's a tireless worker, much like uh, all the guys that are on my staff. Um, his football IQ is off the charts. His details off the charts. Again, that's those are things that I'm always looking for when I'm filling a staff: is can they get the play, can they put the players in positions to succeed because of their football t- IQ, and can they teach the players fundamentals to get the player better at accomplishing the job? And I think off the charts on both of those. And and like I said that's what I look for in every one of our our coaches is can they get the players better and can they help put the players in positions to succeed and are they a good man and and gonna cuz you you need good people on the staff too that are going to be able to fight through fight through tough times and and stick together
2: Last one here with Bob
1: yeah, actually I have two quick ones, Nick. On the two-minute offense you said after the game the other night, you you, you weren't happy with the way
2: that,
3: that transpired. There was I guess there was three chances to do that. You answered Tim's question about the second interception, but when you looked at film, was there anything you could put your finger on as to why those three possessions didn't go very well?
4: Yeah, um, you know, I I, I said what I said and wasn't and it wasn't good enough in the in the game on, on Monday, right? We had three times, we had three opportunities and we didn't succeed on any of them. And, and that's like, like I said, that's us being able to put them in position to succeed. There's different uh, reasons for each one, right? There's different reasons for each one because each two minute situation without, without nerding out about every two minute situation and how all the different things that go into it, each one was a little bit different. One was with 26 seconds. One was with, you know, a minute, whatever. And like, all those are completely different scenarios. Um, listen, we didn't coach it well enough. We didn't execute it well enough. And as a result, we didn't, we didn't score any points. Um, as I, as I was kind of getting on the offense about that and getting on myself about that. And, and it, cause you know, again, it starts with me and we're, and we're kind of having discussions of, Hey man, our, you know, what didn't go right in this game? Well, we didn't have the, we didn't convert on two minute and we're used to converting on two minute we could have had 31 points in this game because if we were just how we are in two minute, and I, and then uh, Kevin and, and Brian showed me the stats of where we are in two minute uh, scoring offense. And apparently we're second in the league on that. And so if um, we weren't in this particular game and so, um, you know, we're doing a lot of the right things we didn't in that particular game. And that's why it's always going to, well, I'm going to say it's always going to be on me first uh, if the, if the, if the guys weren't, in positions to uh, make plays. And we got to look at ourselves as coaches first and make sure we put them in positions to make plays. Uh, but each scenario was a little bit different. And, and the other question is oh. uh, what, what, what do you have to see in these last three games? And I know you're f- focused on one game at a time. I'm not sure. worried about three sure. games. I'm not no. worried about any of that. I'm worried about this next game period. Uh, you know, because that has been a common question. What do you have to do the next three games? What do you have to do? I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about today. I, and I'm going to go back up and game plan right now. So I don't got time for any more questions, but I'm worried about today and that's it because you cannot say I'm going to worry about, this is what I'm worried about the next three games. You, you're not going to be successful in this league doing that. Let me ask you, you put your head down and you work and you get better at today. Let me ask you just a single
3: game though. What, what do you need to see in this single game to say, Hey, we're heading in the right
4: direction again. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, just get back to our standard, um, and that's what I'm going to go work on right now, Bob. Thanks for the time, Coach. Enough. All right,
2: there he is, Nick Sirianni. <laughs> wow. Feisty Nick at <laughs> times. It's been a while. Good. That's yeah,
0: irritable. I agree. I agree. Yeah.
2: He should be irritable. Yeah,
0: it's three weeks of this. Yep. Well, and also, this idea that he has to make massive changes and that, like, everything's broken – He's been one of the most successful coaches in the league since he's gotten in the league. But They just—they just they lost three games the in a row, but yeah. they just demoted well, the defensive the coordinator. The defense wasn't good. All right, like, the offense isn't good. The offense has been one of the best offenses in the league this year. The offense Point is, blank, period. That's what the stats say. His not offense the last is, month. Not the last month. Well, guess what? That's how stats work. Like, everything, like, you know what I mean? Like, the offense is still one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. But it I don't get where this idea is coming from. They need to change their offense. It's predictable. If it's so predictable, why hasn't it been stopped all year? Why didn't it get stopped last year? huh if it's so simple like this idea that his offense is broken and that like they're not they're predictable and that the play calling is boring they're scoring a ton of points they have not recently they're in a rut for sure but when you're in a rut or you're not playing well you don't overhaul everything you're doing like i i appreciate the fact that Sirianni is standing on what he believes in. Okay,
2: so, so it's, it's not personnel. The issues on defense aren't personnel. It's, it's coaching, right? Well, the, the issues on defense might be personnel. Okay, but they just, they just demoted the defensive coordinator. So when he was asked, and it's really the only thing of any substance in the press conference right. that, that he touched on, when he, when he was asked about, well, why didn't you make a change on offense? You made a change on defense. And the answer that he really gave was, well, it's my offense. Right. I'm not going to fire myself. Is Correct. It? He's people, right. <laughs> people are talking about people are talking about Brian Johnson. It's my offense. He's just calling the plays, right? So what you're saying is, all right, Nick, your offense sucks. What are you going to do about that? And he's right. He's not going to fire himself. So that is the defense. Because by the way, like I'm not telling you the defense was great. And you, you know what? Like I'm not in that building, so I'm not telling you that I wouldn't have done the same thing if I was having Roseman or Nick Sirianni in replacing the defensive coordinator. But I can make a case the defense was good in the second half of, halves of
0: games. I don't think Sean Desai deserved to be fired. But at the end of the day, his resume was not strong enough where you can really disagree with the fact if they felt a change was needed, they should make it.
2: Dude, Elliot, they, they, they stripped Nick Sirianni of his play calling as an offensive head coach after seven games. So, mm-hmm. so like, you know, like I'm, I like Nick Sirianni, but I'm, I'm also like, I'm not looking at him. So if, so, if this is his offense and that's what he said, and he said, well, he just calls the plays, then how about some freaking answers, Nick? Your offense sucks right now,
0: and you're coming down the hose stretch, and you don't look good. Then you should have some answers to what's going on. Yes, I agree they need to turn the offense around, for sure. But we're also, like, I think the offense is struggling because the players aren't playing well. Jason Kelsey said this morning on the morning show, and I agree with him. Like, the issue, amongst others, is the turnovers and the penalties. They are moving the ball up and down the field. They are getting into the red zone. They're turning the ball over. That's the problem, and I know that – You know, maybe that's frustrating to hear, but it's not the offensive scheme. It's the fact that they are turning the ball over way more than they used to. Jalen has twice as many turnovers this year as he did last year. He has almost as many turnovers this season as he has 2021 and 2022 combined. Like, that's the problem with the offense.
2: All right, I got to read this real fast. Hang on. With the holidays around the corner, get a jump start on the new year. Check this out. How would you like to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days You can do that with NJ Diet, and it's contractually guaranteed. So when I say you will lose 20 to 40 40 plus pounds, you will. Follow the program, and they help you the natural way. These aren't shots or injections or surgery. NJ Diet's all natural, and you're fully supervised every step of the way. You even get the doctor's personal email and phone number. And they have locations in King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, Cherry Hill, Princeton, Newark, Delaware, or available worldwide with live online video consultations. Call now 8555NJ Diet. That's 855NJ Diet or go to njdiet.com to lose the weight for good. That's njdiet.com.
3: Mm.
2: I I'm Elliot, I'm not telling you that I'm not telling you that, that I think that someone should be fired on offense, right? But if they replace Brian Johnson right now as as the play caller, I also couldn't argue with it. Because they just did the same thing on defense. And you can't tell
0: me that the offense isn't in a,
2: a even a bigger rut
0: than the defense well, right now. Well, first of all, the offense has been way better than the defense this year. Not the last couple weeks. Not the last couple weeks, but they've been probably still just around where the defense is at. The defense has been really bad the last few weeks.
3: Well, here, well, here's the other thing. When you look at it from the offensive side, what change are you going to make? Unless you're talking about bringing in somebody from off the street and coming up with an entire new offense, I don't know if the players – does that help you or does that set you back? Because now they have to learn learn new terminology, new offense, everything else, and you're going down a playoff stretch run right now. So you do that stuff early because it allows you a little room to grow Mm -hmm. um, as an offense unless you're bringing in somebody like a Frank Reich who may run something very similar to what they already do. Um, And Nick Sirianni is right in a sense that (laughs) – It's his offense that's being called. Right. But there's something to um, the plays that have been designed. I think, listen, I I don't don't far be it for me to tell beat writers what to ask and all those types of things. I think less focus on changing or firing Brian Johnson Mm -hmm. and figuring out things they can do better. Okay, if it's your offense, Coach Sirianni, what are some of the things that you think you can do to sort of change these things up? You look at what they did in the first drive of that game Monday night. You saw some different wrinkles. You saw some different motions and things of that nature in that opening drive. But then you didn't see it the rest of the game. It went almost back to what they had been doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder, and I don't know if we'll ever get the real answer here, but I wonder when we talk about the offense being simplified, to whose benefit is that? There's a reason why they aren't complicating the offense. They aren't adding complexities to the offense. Different motions and all this other stuff that forces you to have to think uh, and, and and other uh, add, um, things that are added to an offense, whether it's motion, short motion, fly motion, all these other things. Can the players handle it? I mean, you watch Andy do what he's doing and you see the creativity in his offense at times, some of the different things they do, okay, well, can the players handle it or do the coaches have that in their arsenal?
0: Right. Well, a question I have for you, actually, I know you've obviously been on the defensive side mm-hmm. of the ball, but for a quarterback, if, if you're in an offense that has a lot of motion where guys are moving around, like, is it harder to audible in that situation? I believe because that's is. one thing I've thought of is I know Jalen has a lot of freedom at the line and he does audible quite a bit. Yeah. I wonder if they feel their lack of motion. And this actually be a good question I could ask Nick. But if they feel their lack of motion is allows them to audible it more as opposed to if you have a lot of moving parts, if that's taking away the time to change the play. Fair question.
3: And, and I, I, I would imagine it does. When you have all that motion, a your coach has got to be quick thinkers. Meaning you got to get the play out fast because that right. gives the quarterback in the center enough mm-hmm. time to be able to look at the defense, make adjustments, have that motion go. The problem with that is defenses also can time up what they want to do based on your motion. Because yep. they know once you start doing that motion, the snap is coming sooner or later here and you can't check and they're out. They're to time it. So all of this stuff does add into – whether you want to do a lot of that or how much you don't want to do of that,
0: yeah. That, that's and for a part what it's of it. worth. They're I think thirty first or thirty second in motion this year. They were twenty seventh last year. So this idea that Shane Steichen like was you know changing the offense in a big way. They they're not a motion team, and they've had success. And They've had success, arguably not almost as much success as any other offense in the league.
2: But right. but is is Steichen a better play caller? Right. Like the the offense may be the same, but I think. I, th- I think it's he should be. He's, he's more experienced as an mm-hmm. offensive coordinator
0: and a play caller.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? I mean, look look at what the Colts are doing this year. I, I think it's hard to tell though because they're playing a tougher schedule, right? Like they've had injuries. I just don't know if you can compare the play calling job from last year. To All right. This
2: year. Well, hold that thought. Jordan Mylata mm-hmm. is going to join us coming up next. What does he think's going on with the offense and how this team is going to stick together and a bunch more? Jordan Mylata.